The following broadcast is brought to you by Sons of God International and Freedom Fellowship Church. Hello, and welcome to the prophetic voice of our time, where we focus on the voice of prophecy, which is the testimony of Jesus Christ. Our host, Christina Sasso, is a senior pastor at Freedom Fellowship Church. Let's hear what she has to say to the body of Christ. Hello, thank you for tuning in. This is Joshua Sasso, and you are listening to the prophetic voice of our time. It is an exciting month that we have here in September. God is moving mightily, and he wants to use you mightily. If you are willing, follow and obey him. And so in everything we do, we really need to be sensitive to what the Lord is leading us to do. As as the scripture tells us in James chapter 1, Verse 19, it says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. So in everything we do, we should be vigilant to be quick to listen to the Holy Spirit and not act upon, you know, what our first impulse might be. We need to be sensitive to what the Lord is leading us to do, especially in this season, because truthfully, right, we're in a really politically charged season right now. But as the body of Christ, we have to remember that our allegiance is first and foremost to God above. It's not to a political faction. We have to be led of the Spirit of God. God is going to do a work in this nation, right? But if we're picking sides, or if we're becoming overly political, then God will not be able to use you in the way that he wants to use you. So we have to keep a rein on our mouth. We have to be quick to listen and not be quick to give our opinions. It says in James chapter 1 verse 26, those who consider themselves religious yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. Right? So if you see what's going on in the news, if you see what's going on in the political arena, and you're quick to start ranting and raving and complaining, be aware that you are making your own faith worthless. Because the truth is, is that first and foremost, we need to be slow to speak, slow to become angry, and quick to listen. If there's something going on in the media or something going on in politics, our first instinct should be to talk to God about it and to pray over it. We are not reacting to the darkness. We loosen forth life. We release light. We're supposed to be the light of the world. So we're not reacting to the darkness. When the light shows up, the darkness, it scatters. That's how it works. You know, God, at the beginning of the universe... It says that there was darkness everywhere, and the earth was formless and void, right? And when God looked at that, he didn't start complaining about how bad things were, right? He didn't focus on all the negative things. Oh my gosh, look at how bad this is. Look at, can you believe what's going on here? No. He saw the formlessness of the world. He saw the darkness that was everywhere, but he saw the potential of what it would be with the word that he would bring forth. And what did he say? He said, let there be light, and there was light. Right, so what he saw there, he saw the light that was gonna be there when he spoke. Right, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The light had not yet manifested, 
But God knew it would be there. And so when he spoke, it came to pass. In the same way, we are going to bring light and life into those arenas where there is darkness, where there is perversion, where there is wickedness. It is our job to be the solution to the problem. So yes, there are wicked politicians. Yes, there are bad things going on in the arts and entertainment and the media industry. There are wicked and perverse people in all of these industries. It's our job as the body of Christ to be the solution to the problem. We are not chasing after the demons and the darkness. No, when we show up, it has to scatter. So the truth is, is that you stepping into the calling God has for you, you stepping into the destiny that God has for you, that is the instrumental part in being a solution to those industries that God is sending you to. Because you see, God has said now over the body of Christ that there is going to be a transfer of influence and affluence from the wicked to the righteous in every arena, okay? In technology, entertainment, education, science, healthcare, politics, all of these arenas, God has set it aside as a land for us to inhabit. This is very much what it was like during the time of Joshua. You see, the promised land was inhabited by people that did not believe in God, and not only that, practiced witchcraft and all kinds of detestable practices before the Israelites came. We know some of the things that they did because the Bible tells us. It says in 2 Kings chapter 16, verse 1, it says, In the seventeenth year of Pekah, son of Ramalia, Ahaz, son of Jotham, king of Judah, began to reign. Ahaz was twelve years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem sixteen years. Unlike his father David, he did not do what was right in the eyes of the Lord his God. He followed the ways of the kings of Israel and even sacrificed his son in the fire, engaging in the detestable practices of the nations the Lord had driven out before the Israelites. See, what this tells us is that here, this king of Israel is sacrificing his own son, a human sacrifice, to false gods. And then it says that these were the detestable practices that the nations that lived in the promised land prior to the Israelites partook in. It says he offered sacrifices and burnt incenses at high places on the hilltops and under every spreading tree. Okay, so now we know prior to the Israelites, this was a land where human sacrifices was common, idol worship was common, witchcraft was common. In 2 Chronicles chapter 33, we also get further insight into this because it talks about King Manasseh who was potentially the worst king that Judah ever had. It says, Manasseh was 12 years old when he became king. He reigned in Jerusalem 55 years. He did evil in the eyes of the Lord, following the detestable practices of the nations the Lord had driven out before the Israelites. Well, what were some of the things that he did? Verse 3, he rebuilt the high places his father Hezekiah had demolished, and he also erected altars to the Baals and made Asherah poles. He bowed down to all the starry hosts and worshipped them. 
He built altars in the temple of the Lord, of which the Lord had said, My name will remain in Jerusalem forever. Here he's building false gods and altars in the temple of God. Then it says, In both the courts of the temple of the Lord, he built altars to all the starry hosts. He sacrificed his children in the fire in the valley of Ben-Himon, practiced divination and witchcraft, sought omens, and consulted mediums and spiritists. He did much evil in the eyes of the Lord, arousing his anger. These were the kinds of things that were done in the land prior to the Israelites. But it goes further, it says in verse 9, But Manasseh led Judah and the people of Jerusalem astray, so that they did more evil than the nations that the Lord had destroyed before the Israelites. Wow. Now that is just gut-wrenching, because I know in this day and age, imagine your father and mother, and just the thought of sacrificing one of your children to some false god, right? Giving a human sacrifice to some false god, is something that is so grotesque and so unthinkable that you wouldn't even be able to stomach the thought of doing something like that. But here in this time, it was common. And this is why God told the Israelites, you're not going to follow the ways of the people that live in this land. You're not going to partake in their customs. You're not going to intermarry with them, right? God was very strict about how they interacted with the people of this land because of the kinds of wicked practices that were going on in the promised land prior to the Israelites. So what happens, though, is that when Joshua and the Israelites come in, the Lord said in his promise, no one will be able to stand against you, right? It didn't matter how fortified their city was in the case of Jericho. It didn't matter how many chariots and how many soldiers they had. All of them fell before the might of God. And it says in Joshua, towards the end, it goes through all the kings and the nations that were conquered. And it lists 31 kings that were defeated by the Israelites coming in with Joshua through the power of God. So something that happens is that when God brings his people and he says, this is now going to be your inhabitants. This is going to be your inheritance. I have set it aside for you. You are going to rule and reign in this land that I have set aside for you. Right? When that happens, the natural thing that happens as a result of it is any of those wicked practices, any of that witchcraft, perversion, idolatry, it all gets driven back and driven out of the land. Okay? In this day and age, if you look at what goes on in the entertainment industry, there are many wicked and perverse people in that industry. In the political industry, there are many wicked and perverse people in that industry, we as the body of Christ stepping into our destiny because we are the light, when we walk into those arenas, that darkness will be driven back. That is the natural occurrence of the light turning on. The darkness will be driven back. It says in John chapter 1, verse 5, it says, The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. It says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. 
Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So through us being the light of the world, the Father will be glorified. So this is an important kind of mindset that we have to take on, which is that because we're the light of the world, we as the light do not focus on the darkness. But us becoming the light is a natural solution to driving back the darkness. That's a very different mindset. Because, so for example, if we're focusing on the darkness, right, you might turn on the news and be like, oh, I can't believe what they're doing. And oh my gosh, those wicked people and all the wicked deeds that they're doing and all the wicked deals that they're doing. And trust me, I've gone down that rabbit hole. I know how deep it gets. I know how depressing it gets, right? And what ends up happening is you spend all your time focusing on all of these horrible things that are happening and all these horrible things that people are doing and you start to think, oh my gosh, how could we possibly ever overcome something like this, right? It's so corrupt, it's so wicked and all these horrible things are happening. How could we possibly overcome this? Because you're focusing on the darkness. You're focusing on the horrible things and the wicked things. Understand, the wicked will continue to do wicked. The scripture tells us they can't go to sleep without planning a wicked thought. We don't focus on the darkness. And this is something that the generation that traveled with Moses made a mistake of. Because God, he sent them into the promised land. And he said, go forth, get a spy, one from every tribe of Israel, all 12 of you. You're going to go and you're going to survey the land and tell us what you see. When they came back, they had a bad report to say. They said, oh my gosh, there's giants. They tower over us. We're just like insects before them. They have all these fortified cities, right? There's no way. It's hopeless. We can't possibly defeat them. But there was two spies that didn't look at it that way, right? They weren't focusing on the darkness. And that was Joshua and Caleb. When the spies came back and they started saying all these bad reports, Joshua and Caleb said, no, look, God promised this land to us. It is a good land. It is a fertile land. There are so many resources. We can surely overcome them because God is with us. See, they were focused on the promise. They were focused on the promise and they knew what would happen as a result of it. While the others were focused on the circumstances, they were focused on the darkness. And what happens is that those 10 spies that came back, they didn't want to hear what Joshua and Caleb said. They went into the camp and started spreading a bad report. And they said, we should go back to Egypt. Because, you know, at least we had food there. At least we could do whatever. We should go back to Egypt. And they even began to scheme about stoning Joshua and Caleb because Joshua and Caleb were trying to stop them. The important thing we have to realize here is that all of these 12 spies were part of God's people. All of these 12 spies had received the promise of God that he was going to give the land to them. But the people who believed in God were held back by the people who didn't. And not only that, those people amongst God's chosen people that did not believe in God, they became an active stumbling block for those 
who believed in the promise of God. They said, we're going to stone them and we're going to go back to Egypt. And unfortunately, this happens even today. Which is why when you're making business dealings, which is why when you're, look, when you're creating partnerships, it's not just enough that they say that they're a Christian. They have to support the vision of God. Whatever the vision that God has laid out, that is the blueprint that you have to follow in everything. It doesn't matter if they say, oh yeah, I'm also a Christian. They have to support the vision that came from God. And you focus on those things. Do not focus on how bad the circumstances are. Focus on obeying God and following Him, and the darkness will be driven back as a result. Because the truth is, is that when the Israelites enter the promised land, God produced miracles on their behalf, right? They weren't the ones who had to knock the walls of Jericho down. God knocked them down for them. When they went to battle, there was times where God was throwing hailstones down at the enemy. And the scripture says that far more died because of the hail than they did by the sword. When we obey God, God will produce the supernatural results necessary to manifest the promise that he said he's going to do. Remember, he said he's going to do these things. That we're going to see wickedness in Washington uprooted. We're going to see the most righteous government that this nation has ever had since its founding. That influence is going to be transferred from the wicked to the righteous. These are all things that God has already promised us. And things are moving. Things are already beginning to happen, guys. So we cannot waste any time. And if you are continuing to focus on the negative things and on the wicked things, you will not partake in this great move that God is bringing to America. Understand that, you know, Jesus, he didn't have to seek out demons. He didn't have to seek out signs and wonders. They followed him. Jesus was going about minding his own business and Demon-possessed people would come out and they would say, right, have mercy on us. Like, what are you going to do? Are you going to torture us before our time? Right? Jesus didn't even need to concern themselves with them. It was the demons who had to concern themselves with Jesus. Do you understand what I'm saying? So we're not focusing on the darkness. We are the light of the world. And so instead of complaining, going on Facebook or Twitter or wherever it is that you go and you post and you rant and rave about how horrible things are, rather than do that, focus on being productive for the kingdom of God. How can you be the solution that God called you to be? Because we, as the body of Christ, we should be the answer to the problems that people are having in the world. Because we have the Holy Spirit. And we know God. And the truth is, brothers and sisters, now more than ever, the world is ready for a revival. I mean, I look out at the world and I see how across the generations there is so much despair, cynicism, purposelessness, and emptiness. So many people are steeped and living in that waiting around, lost in darkness. They don't even know their right from their left. 
There's so many people that are so desperate for something that is real. It truly is a time now more than ever where the world is ready for a revival. But we have to be ready. Because the truth is, is that, you know, those people, and yes, some of them are wicked, some of them are living in sin. But when they experience the love of God and the power of God, they will be transformed just like you were transformed. Because let's face it, right? We weren't that great before we came to know God. We were all, we were a huge mess, right? So we have to have some compassion and mercy because truth is, before we knew God, we were a mess. So of course they're going to be a mess. But if you begin stepping into your calling now, you can start partaking in the transformation of those people and bringing them back to God. Because I want to see the nations transformed. I want to see this nation brought to a new level of glory that it's never seen before. That the glory of God would cover the United States of America and this nation would never be the same. I want it to be where people look at the U.S. and they would know, wow, the hand of God is upon that nation. And that once again, when that happens, yes, America is going to step into a new era of prosperity, of abundance, of innovation that will eclipse previous years. And it's going to be led by the body of Christ. So we have to have faith, guys. Remember, faith is the evidence of things not seen. It's the substance of things hoped for. We know what God has promised and what he said he's going to do. So if you believe God, we don't need to look at what's happening in the world with despair or cynicism. But we can actually look at what's happening in the world with hope. Because now we know what God is planning on doing. Amen. So I'm running out of time for this week. But before I go, I want to pray with you. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, Lord, for the words that have been spoken today. And I pray, Lord, it truly has touched the heart of those who hear this message. That yes, we know there is wickedness in the world. Yes, we know there is darkness in the world. But we are not going to be dismayed by what is happening in the world, God, because we understand now that we are the light and it is our job to drive back the darkness. So I pray, Lord, Help us to increase our faith, Lord, that we would trust in you and everything, God. And I pray, Lord, that you would give these listeners today, Lord, discerning hearts and discerning minds, Lord, that they would recognize your voice and to the voice of a stranger they would not hearken, Lord, in Jesus' name. I thank you, God, that they will step into 100% complete healing so that their hands will be anointed with healing hands and they too will heal the sick in the name of Jesus, God. And I thank you, God, that they would see themselves as you see them so that they can look at others as you see them as well, God. Let us move in your love. Let us move in your compassion, God, because we want to see your love touch the hearts of people. We want to see your glory manifest here on this earth as it is in heaven, God. And we want to see your will manifest in this nation and in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Joshua Sasso, and you've been listening to the prophetic voice of our time. Before we go, do not forget that Pastor Chris and myself are going to be going to the Philippines next month, and we're going to be there for a month 
preparing the body of Christ and ministering to the body of Christ. We have a number of pastors' conferences and healing conferences and a number of uh, ministers' trainings that are going on there. God is doing a lot in the Philippines. And if you want to support this ministry as we're preparing to go to the Philippines, then I encourage you to go to our website, SOGMI.org, and hit the donate button. Again, that is SOGMI.org and hit the donate button. We will be there for a month. So I want to thank you so much for tuning in. Again, my name is Joshua Sasso, and you've been listening to the Prophetic Voice of Our Time. We are going to see the United States of America transformed. Look at things with hope. Look at things with faith. And in everything you do, trust in the Lord. And lean not on your own understanding. Till next time, God bless you. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to the prophetic voice of our time. We really hope you were blessed by today's episode. And if you were, we want to hear from you. You can call us at 210-695-1630. Or you can email us at sogmi at outlook.com. That's S-O-G-M-I at outlook.com. And we really encourage you to visit our website, sogmi.org. That is S-O-G-M-I.org. That's where you can listen to previous episodes of this podcast and even support this podcast. We're supported by listeners just like you. So if you want to support this ministry, you can go to SOGMI.org and hit the donate button. You can also send a check to P.O. Box 1579, Lotus, Texas 78023. Again, that is P.O. Box 1579, Lotus, Texas 78023. Thank you.